Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, a.k.a. the HOC. And guess what? It is episode number 95 of your favorite podcast, none other than the Sports Rose Podcast. It is the day after the Super Bowl. And speaking of Super Bowls, what's the famous number 95? Well, off the top of my head, Greg Lloyd. Can't think of nobody else, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, and the number 95 is a representation of 1995, the first year of the Carolina Panthers. Yes, yes. So I was able to kill two birds and one stone. Um, enough of my senseless rambling. I got two co-hosts. They're going to do some of the talking as well, too. First off, we have the Almighty Be Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Man, the day after the Super Bowl, there could be so much to talk about. Because, I mean... Pretty much almost the entire world comes together to watch this magnificence of an event and all the pomp and circumstance. And we dissect and analyze and how great was the commercials and the halftime performance and all this other hip hoop hurrah. And yeah, whew, all right. See, it's just that quickly, I lost my breath because it's a lot. We're about to dive into it. It's going to be exciting. And then there's the other guy that's on this podcast. I guess you go ahead and t- talk about him as well. All right. Is there- and with that being said, the other guy on this podcast, the illest mashed potato slinger this side <laughs> of the Appalachian Mountains, none other than the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. That's right. It's me. It's Scotty D. For those of you who are just joining us for a first time, I am the eye candy of the show, uh, the brains behind the operation. But uh, guys, you, you know, I, I'm I'm coming in a little bit hot here this this week. Every you year, co- every year, everyone says, "Man, Super Bowl Sunday! It's like a national holiday. I can't wait! I can't wait for the Super Bowl. We're gonna get our chips and dips and wings and beers and pizzas, and it's gonna be a great day. And I can't wait." And then look at social media, man, and y'all are miserable. I hated the pregame show. The national anthem sucked. The halftime show was terrible. The commercials weren't even good this year. Tom Brady's in it again. I hate Brady. You hate the referees. You hate the announcers. Why y'all watching this? You're because miserable. Ch- you hate it. Because that chip and dip is nasty. That's why. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's the chip and dip that gets everyone in bed. Look at Facebook. Uh, all day Sunday and Monday, you hate everything. Save yourself the trouble next year. Don't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, Scotty yeah. is coming in hot. They think yeah. it's they, they think it's fixed because Tom Brady won again. Guys, you and I, you, you guys and myself, we're wrestling fans, right? I mean, we're we're all, we're we're out of the closet wrestling fans. Yeah. It, yesterday, th- this never Sunday, in the closet. Never <laughs> in the closet. I just want to make sure that. Never in there. Okay. Well, th- this past Sunday was would if it was wrestling, that would have been WrestleMania. And if you have Tom Brady 
going against Patrick Mahomes and WrestleMania, who would they predetermine to win that? Wouldn't it be the young guy getting the rub, going over on the old guy? Why, why does everyone think that the referees were programmed to, to for Tom Brady to win a league? Uh, they want Brady to win again. Like, why? Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL right now, and he had a terrible day. Give me a break with the referee stuff on that. Let's get into the Super Bowl, guys, huh? I'm coming in hot. Let's go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so just for the listeners, he, he um, the money man, Scotty D, is coming in hot. He's also also coming in full of it if he's the face of the uh, of the podcast, I the, can't the brains, the eye candy, the brains of the operation. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's just stop the lies right now before we get into the meat and potatoes, <laughs> potatoes <laughs> of this uh, of this operation. Um, Eddie, cool. Go ahead and um, Amtrak this thing. Yes, sir. To our lady listeners, we thank you for listening to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. But with that being said, we're going to hop right into this here Super Bowl talk. It was Super Bowl 55. Patrick Mahomes versus the GOAT, Tom Brady. Baby GOAT versus old nanny GOAT. All right, Tom Brady. The 55th edition coming to you live and direct from Tampa, Florida, a.k.a. it was a home game for the Buccaneers. It was in Florida. The weather was nice, and I'm not going to lie to you. Did not watch the National Anthem. Did not watch the pregame. Didn't give a damn about the halftime show. I just want to see football because I'm not going to lie to you. I was halfway gone on that 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg wine, which is great for all you <laughs> wine drinkers out there. You got to get you some Snoop Dogg wine in your life. And with that being said, let's get to the game itself. Well, um, um, you can um sign off um sign off the um you pay us in Bitcoin via um um our um email address sportsbrospcast at gmail dot com. Snoop Dogg, thank you very much. All right, Eddie, cool. <laughs> yeah, we ain't doing nothing free over here. We 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 got needs, jobs, and everything. All right. So with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get into this game here. Kansas City comes in as the favorite, and Tampa Bay comes in as the underdog. Well, um, after four quarters of football, we couldn't tell as Tampa Bay puts the boots, the Stomp Jackson, the kibosh on the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9. Now, it was a clean sweep an episode ago. We all picked Kansas City. We did. We all did. And, and, and you know, we're okay with being wrong. We're okay with being wrong because, um, if you also listen to last week's episode, I did say this was going to be one in the trenches, and the game damn sure proves that. Be live. You're chomping at the bit. What you think about it? Well, first of all, I'm thinking about the fact that we said that we came into agreement. I just posted on our um, on YouTube and our Facebook like page the um, video um, the audio clip. Where I started off by saying that if they were able to get to Patrick Mahomes, and then Scotty D came in and said agreed that if the it would negate their speed, and then you finished off with the trenches. We in this together. Don't be that I I, the, I ask the question all the time. Who is we? This is we. Yeah, this we, is we. Us. <laughs> us. We. This is us. I ain't gonna run from it. No, we we said it. Go ahead though. But um, simply put, just like you said, Eddie Cool Man. Um, and you met, you mentioned it last week about uh, the offensive line being depleted, and it showed in spectacular fashion. I have never seen a quarterback run for his life 
like Patrick Mahomes did, and also shows some spectacular ability to get the ball down the field in the worst of situations. Yes, it wasn't ideal. Yes, there were a couple of interceptions, but the fact that he still managed to get a couple plays off, it was he threw a 30, <laughs> I want to say a 30-yard bullet spiral pass down the field, and he was horizontal <laughs> when he threw yeah. it. Yeah. Like, how? And what made it even worse is that the ball got down there. Yes, there was defenders down there, but each one of those times that Patrick Mahomes did something incredible and magnificent, the first person to touch the ball was a chief. And they dropped. They were drops. They weren't. I mean, they were contested, but they were drops after Patrick Mahomes. Like, man, Patrick Mahomes was back there like, yo, what more can I do? Offensive line ain't helping. Receivers can't catch the ball. Running backs ain't running. Oh, hold on, now. wait a minute. Hold, hold. We, 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 let's, let's, let's try this out. But we, we spend a lot of time talking about Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Goat, Baby Goat, this, that, and a third. Hats off to Todd Bowles. Mm-hmm. Man, if he didn't draw up a defensive scheme like none other to neutralize the number one offensive tack in the NFL, and he like, and one thing I mentioned last week was the fact that if you get the Patrick Mahomes and get him out of his comfort, it's going to be a real hard day for Kansas City, and that's exactly. What happened? I think um, Ty Bowles was um, listening to our um, podcast and drew that together. So, um, city city of Tampa, um, Buccaneers, Tom Brady's um, seventh um, finger. Um, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Scotty D, where you at on the whole Super Bowl thing? This whole Super Bowl. I it it looked to me like the Chiefs maybe were a little overconfident, like they were pretty sure they were just going to win this game again. And didn't look all that prepared, but it looked like they got hit in the mouth early, and it, they looked out of it early. Even though the score was, I think it was seven three mm-hmm. at one point. I remember seeing Mahomes threw a ball to Kelsey. Well, he had already thrown one that he dropped earlier. He threw another one that got knocked down, and Kelsey's body language looked like we can't figure these guys out. He looked def- deflated and defeated, and it was. The, the first or second quarter. I mean, it, it was early in that game. Uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if they weren't prepared, but they were sloppy. I mean, I, I know there was a lot of criticism that in the first half, the referees were throwing too many flags. Yeah, maybe they were, but it, if they're going to be calling flags for defensive holding, then don't hold, don't grab. They were aggressive. You, and if they're going to, if you know that you're going to get called with it, you have to alter that a little bit. Uh, you had one situation. The score was seven to three, I think, and and the and the Buccaneers kicked a field goal. They had a guy line up mm-hmm. off sides. I mean, come on, man! In the Super Bowl, you're lining up off sides. That gave them an extra five yards. And a play later, Brady throws a a touchdown strike to Gronk. This game was definitely won in the trenches because Brady wasn't getting touched. I mean, we know Mahomes was running for his life, but look how much time Brady had back there. I mean, he was 
he looked comfortable. You know, they weren't getting to him really. Uh, they may have got got to him a couple times, but not. I mean, he was nowhere near under fire like Patrick Mahomes. They they didn't look they didn't look crisp. They didn't look focused. They looked sloppy. You know, I, I even wonder if maybe this whole thing with with Andy Reid's son was weighing on them as a team because man, what a bad situation that is where. You know, his earlier in the week, his son, who was a, a coach on the team, I think a linebackers coach, you, you know, I'm sure everybody knows a story by now where he hit a vehicle and injured, badly injured a couple little kids in the back seat. You know, that's got a way heavy on Andy Reid, especially because I don't know if you guys remember, but Andy Reid's oldest son, Garrett, died in training camp when he was with Philadelphia back in 2012. I don't know if you guys remember that at all when yeah, I remember. He was, a, yeah. he was, I mm-hmm. think, a strength coach or something with them, or some type of assistant. So th- there, there's obviously some family things going on with with Andy Reid, and you know, I'm I'm not one to point fingers at people that have their, those kind of personal problems, but who knows if that weighed on on the team a little bit? I'm, you know, they they just didn't look good to me at all. Obviously, they didn't even get in the end zone, but Tampa looked ultra prepared. Like you said, the defense they they looked fantastic. I mean, the Washington football team put up a better fight against Tampa than than the Chiefs did. The Chiefs, it, it just on this on this day, the better team won. That's really all all it was too. I mean, and it was obvious. Um, to um, one thing that Scott D, you pointed out that um, what was the glaring difference in this game? Tom Brady did not get touched, yeah. but there was a reason behind that that actually made me um, rethink the game. The big difference between Kansas City and Tampa Bay, their offenses, this um, in the Super Bowl, Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, they spend a lot of time letting plays develop. Got to go route here, wheel yeah. route, yeah. um motion motion play action so Patrick Mahomes is back there five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve seconds waiting for these plays to develop and by you don't have that much time I don't care who you are and in Tampa Bay had a perfect defensive scheme for him um Tampa Bay's offense on the other hand with Tom Brady because they knew going into the game that Kansas City pressures the quarterback the most in the NFL, just throwing a couple stats out there, they were throwing screen passes, quick slants. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. um, on average, I, w- I think um, there was a couple stats that were saying that Tom Brady had the ball out of his hands within within three seconds. Um, it was, it was, I don't have the exact figure in front of me, but the majority of the passing plays – and of course, the running plays, the ball's out of his hands. So pr- pretty much all the plays, the ball was out of Tom Brady's hands within three seconds, which will n- completely negate a pass rush, which Kansas City has leaned on a lot. And also, what that also negates, if, you're, if your secondary is not um, doing well on press coverage, a lot of screens, that will negate your secondary because then now you got you got linemen on the second level against little scrawny little dudes, and then it starts to expose some people in the secondary that um, I will allude to a little bit later. So the offensive schemes of both teams were completely different, mm-hmm. and the score. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're right about him getting it out quicker. Because if you look, this this game really wasn't 
offensively for the Buccaneers about their their great group of receivers. I mean, Godwin Evans didn't have hardly any catch. I mean, they I think they may have caught a ball each. Scotty Miller wasn't really involved. It was Gronk. It was Leonard Fournette, I think, had his season high in catches. So Brady was getting the ball out. He, was, he wasn't he was standing back there and taking hits. When he did go down the field, he went a couple times. I think he had a, a, a deeper one to Antonio Brown, and then he had um, the touchdown to Gronk, I think was like a 25 or 30-yard throw, something to that effect. But, yeah, he, I mean, they, he had, they, they had him guessing. So credit to uh, who's it? Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator for Tampa. Mm-hmm. They they ran a good game plan, man. They were just they were just better. They were better coached and they played better. It, it was just obvious that the better team won. I didn't think Tampa Bay. I, we all kind of said last week we wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay won, but I don't think any of us thought they were just going to run Kansas City off off the field to the tune of them not even getting into the end zone. No, yeah, we we uh, had we had. We knew it was two things that we figured out. Either this game was going to be close or it was going to be a blowout. We got it right. We just didn't pick the, you know, to pick the right damn team. And uh, we also, like we said before, hey, you can never count Tom Brady out. And as I mentioned in the previous episodes, you know, Eric Fisher was out. Uh, the doctor, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who was uh, fighting COVID-19 on the front lines of uh, Canada as a doctor, um, he opted out the whole season and then Mitchell Schwartz. So you were down what one, two, three top flight offensive lineman. And then you got, um, Mike Rimmers, which I will talk about later on in this uh, episode. You got Mike Rimmers and then everybody else doing the best they can to their abilities. But as we, as we see, um, it wasn't enough, not enough. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a quick stat line to you real quick, Tom, to back up Scotty D. Tampa Bay wide receivers had eight catches for, let me see this real quick, 62 yards. That's all. Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, all three of them are top-tier wide receivers, and they had eight catches for um, uh, 62 yards, one score. Rob Gronkowski by himself outgained the wide receivers. That shows you the defensive scheme. And then on the flip side with um, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, it was, it just, Tyreek Hill finally got the ball, but I don't think he had his first catch into the second half. He had a couple in garbage time, I think. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, late in the game, but certainly not what you would expect from, from Tyreek Hill. No. No, and Travis Kelsey got what? Ten receptions for 133 yards? Yeah. And I mean those are typical Travis Kelsey numbers, but you had no help from anybody else. Like like what did Tyreek Hill had two hundred some odd yards in the first half the first game. Against him, yeah. It was like, no, nah, we ain't, we ain't about to, you ain't about to just do, do that again. No, 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 little buddy. And so that, that's all. That was something else that I saw was that, of course, Tyree Kill, Patrick, um, I mean, I said not, but um, Travis Kelsey are going to be his, um, Patrick Mahomes number one, number two options. By the time he was getting to his progressions, trying to get, and those two options were covered. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. 
And so it just it it just looked sloppy. He he, he never he never got a rhythm because literally I sat for three quarters watching this game. I'm like, at some point in time they they're gonna flip the switch. They're gonna flip the switch. Kansas City has been down in every single postseason game I can remember. They were down. Well, they were what last Super Bowl they were down uh, an incredible amount and scored 21 unanswered mm-hmm. that quickly. And they scored 21 answered two weeks ago. It's like they were waiting on that switch, waiting on them to flip that switch, and it never, it never happened. I think the, I think the most deflating part was when they drove the ball down the field yet again, and had to settle for yet another field goal. And it's just like they can't get the ball into the end zone. They could not do it. And like I said again, kudos to the real MVP. The um, Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, and Todd Bowles. And um, there was one point in the game. I mean, even K- Kansas City, they just looked they just looked tough, terrible all night. And the punter, uh, Tommy Townsend, he shakes not one but two <laughs> punts off his foot. Good, good, good. Absolutely, and that right there shows nerves. Yeah. That shows being unprepared. He was he, <laughs> man. What was that? Was there a penalty? Because the first punt he got yeah. up was a he actually dropped he bobbled it. Yeah, he bobbled it. Yeah, he bobbled it. Oh, he bobbled it. Got picked yeah. it up, and but it was able to get it off. That's what it was. He bobbled it, got it, and he kicked it off. But then it was yeah. a penalty on it. Yeah, it was and a kick. The next yeah, it was like twenty. Yards. It was a, a holding. Yeah, because. Oh yeah, because it was a holding. Because if that guy didn't hold him and drag him down to the ground, that punt was going to be blocked. Yeah. I remember that now. And then the second one went 20 yards. And then you were just like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. So did that, I'd have been on the sideline. Timeout, I'm in where I bring in the whole team. You know they never do that. I don't think I've ever seen them bring in the whole team during a timeout. Only in basketball. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, everybody. I need everybody. Full timeout, everybody, <laughs> real quick. Hey, cut this, hey, cut this out. I don't know what y'all got going on. Just say, hey, 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 just the big one. Yeah. Yeah, he he yeah, he 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 put two duck two twenty seven yard ducks in the air and you know that doesn't help. Was it twenty seven or seventeen? Either way, Tommy Townsend had two bad punts. Yes, he's young, but you know, you're in this is a Super Bowl where you can't afford to make any mistakes. You get paid to do one yeah. job. I don't I don't care how young, old, and different, whatever. Yeah. Especially as a special teams player, you have one job now when it comes to quarterbacks wide receivers position players etc cetera, et cetera, they have multiple jobs mm-hmm. as a punter you, you you might have two jobs you might also be the holder for field goals so you might have two <laughs> yep. jobs but you re- but you really you really have there there was job. a lot more to that game though than a bad punt though i mean it was just it was just domination yeah. But it, but it, but it was that. But um, uh, what Eddie's saying? Oh yeah, though, it sure. Was a, it was a, I thought that I kept thinking that the switch was going to go on too, and I thought it might happen after the goal line stand. You know, when the Buccaneers go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought they made a mistake by not giving Leonard Fournette the ball down there. And I thought, okay, you know, uh, maybe this is Kansas City's. They they dodge a bullet. They get a little bit of momentum if they go down the field and score. Uh-uh, two plays later. I think that, that's when that pun occurred, actually. It was, like, right after that, just a couple plays after that. It was a dominant performance and the best team won. Tom Brady gets ring number seven, fellas, which means he alone has more than his former team, the New England Patriots, 
the San Francisco 49ers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and there's one more team that does. Is it the Cowboys? That escapes me at the time. God, well, the, Cow- the Cowboys have five, but the, the 49ers <laughs> and Steelers, I believe, have six each. Okay, yeah. So Tom, Tom, or no, Ray. I'm sorry. I'm I don't sorry, get it. Man, uh, they have five. No, the, the Steelers, have Steelers five. and Patriots. The Steelers yeah, and the Patriots six. have six. Yeah. Fellas, I don't know about y'all, but I don't get too caught up in the GOAT talk because it's it's generational, if you ask me. But um, at 43 years old, <laughs> we have a guy that threw for 40 touchdowns, played what? Played, played the entire postseason with no bye. Yeah. And went out there and played mistake-free football, was doing some wolfing, some rah, 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 some back and forth with the honey badger, living in his head rent-free. Oh, rent-free. Yeah. And he got to him. I was like, yeah, all Tom Brady do is got to get to one person. That's it. And it got to him, and, and the honey badger was never the same because he had that interception that got called back, you know, that called back. And then after that, man, can't can't see, look, look they, they, they look bad. They, they look real Bad. So, so Tom Brady, fellas, Tom Edward Fitzgerald Brady. I know I butchered his name, but he got seven of them things, and he's forty-three years old. And guess what? He said, "I'm coming back next year." Yeah, you know who else is coming back next year? Dak. So, enjoy it now, Tom Brady. (laughs) Cut it out! Cut it out! Cut! Cut it out! Yo. I just, I just, ooh, if, they, if there's an, an organization that is in disarray, is it baseball Dallas Cowboys? I mean, <laughs> oh boy, because he, he trying, he trying to switch. Pitchers and catchers recording yet? Is it baseball time yet? Yeah, pitchers and catchers are do you, are, they, are they reporting? Do, First of all, baseball don't know what the hell they want to do with. They they can't agree on nothing. They remind me of an old married couple. Yeah, they don't know what the hell they want to do. But um, yeah, fellas, so um. Yeah, so that's it for football. We would talk about the NFL honors, but of course we know there's a snub. There was a there was there was two award snubs, most namely um Chase Young beat out Jeremy Chin to get the defensive rookie of the year, and Aaron Donald. Yes, Aaron Donald beat out the sack leader, the league leader in sacks, TJ Watt, to get the defensive player of the year. Everything else is kind of, you know, commonplace. We knew who was gonna do what, but um those two awards, um, first of all, be live. Us being Panthers fans, twenty-one seven is Jeremy Chin. He got robbed. Here, I'm. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say I won't necessarily say that Jeremy Chin got robbed. He, because just because we're Panther fans, we're gonna see more Panther games than we're gonna see Redskin games. I th- honestly, looking back as an unbiased analyst, I'm trying. I think Chase Young was more disruptive for the Redskins. I think part of it did help that he, um, it wasn't just um, Chase Young on that line, but I think just, I think he made a bigger impact. Jeremy Chin is a more all around player. And I just think that he just didn't – it's, it's, it's possibly a little bit more unfortunate because Chase Young was such a high draft pick and his name was already out there. Jeremy Chen became a household name. So it's one of those things where Jeremy Chen, yeah, that part, he might he might have been cheated out of. I just think that all, all in all, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with um, 
with Chase um Chase Young winning winning it. Now one thing I'm not okay with because um D Ohio <laughs> State is now now bragging about the fact that they produced four of the past five defensive play um all, um defensive rookies of the year. So I'm I'm not okay because they cause they bragging. They they are definitely just, bragging just a little bit, there, but I'm so but I think at the end of the day, both of them are going to have very promising NFL careers. Jeremy Chen, I'm so glad to have him because he he filled like three different mm-hmm. slots for us. Like we we like we needed safety help, we needed cornerback help, we needed um linebacker help, and he was able to he was he's a hybrid player. So I'm 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 okay with it. I'm okay. Yep. So, Scotty D, what you think about um, what, what's the what's the buzz in Pittsburgh, man? Since you're close to that area, about T.J. Watt. Oh, the they're hating it up here. They absolutely hate it. They think he he's the rightful winner instead of Aaron Donald. I don't know. I I, I don't really really care all that much. I, my guess would be that Aaron Donald probably saw a lot more double teams and that that type of thing, and he was the leader on the best defense in the NFL this year. I, I don't. I I think I think Watt has a legitimate beef, but who cares? <laughs> it's kind of where I stand on it. <laughs> I actually I actually thought that Derrick Henry, who was the offensive player of the year, should have also been the MVP. But you know that that was a case I made a few weeks ago. Are you really going to give anybody else the MVP besides Aaron Rodgers? I know he sucked in the postseason. No, but uh, like I said but a, a few weeks ago, Derrick Henry ran for two, over 2,000 yards on the offense that they knew he was getting the ball. He was he was very valuable. I, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers wasn't wasn't – this wasn't like a huge snub. I just – I think if I was casting a vote, that's how I would have voted. That's all. Hmm. Interestante. Interestante. Yep. So um let's see. Russell Wilson, what did he win? The Walton Payton Man of the Year. All right, fellas. So enough about this whole NFL thing and the NFL awards and uh what's some other news? We got Carson Wentz. He wanna get the hell out of Philadelphia. Deshaun Watson, he still wanna get the hell out of Houston. Everybody wanna do a whole lot of moving around and so forth and so such, but um Fellas, this there's another football. The most challenging football season has come to a close. What is we yeah, what is we gonna do? Start counting down to the draft, I suppose. Yep, start counting down to the draft and which means you know no football, which means we gotta talk about some college basketball. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with some college basketball. Next week and some NBA this week too. I mean next week too, because uh let's face it, a lot of people really don't watch <laughs> pro basketball until the last few months of the season. But uh, it's been some good basketball being played. And we also have what, baseball coming up as well too? Baseball beginning, hockey's rolling. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some other stuff to talk about. No question about it. And WrestleMania. <laughs> and 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 that next episode. We'll throw in a little Daytona 500 NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. Baby. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, en- the enthusiasm <laughs> of the money man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure the, the Sports Bros <laughs> podcast ratings are going to get through the roof when they find out we're going to be talking about car racing next week. Yeah. Hey, them that boys talking about Dale Earnhardt and them up. 
Nah, we no, not not really. I mean, we might we might give a shout out to the winner of the Daytona 500 or the Indy 500, but other than that, that's about it. Let me let, for for our listeners, we we well, I, I'll I'll say myself because I can't I can't speak for we. Yeah. Who is we? I I like NASCAR, but I just don't follow it that well. The reason why we actually talk about NASCAR on the Sports Rolls podcast was it was a running theme during COVID, during the pandemic, during the shutdown, that we literally had nothing else on. So I was actually doing a weekly feature of the iRacing circuit where they were they were playing video games. It was the racing simulators. And so that just became a NASCAR thing. Yes, I, I'll I'll put in a little um little um button point well what's the thing called i can't my brain ain't working today but i'll i'll make it a point to mention who won the big races whatever but if you're really looking for nascar there's a i'm pretty sure there's some (laughs) other podcasts out there we're gonna give you the entertainment that is just don't please don't be asking us for some expert analysis about he made another left turn. I just ask. Is got Dr. It. Jerry Punch still talking about racing? <laughs> One that? of the NASCAR guys on ESPN is is Ricky is Ricky <laughs> Rudd still racing? I don't know. What about what about <laughs> Kale Yarbrough? Oh my goodness! Would you just naming names? Maybe see he knows more about it than I do. Those names sound familiar. But I do know that there's something with, um, I think it's with Fox, that the two, like, lead commentators, I guess, had a bitter feud when they were racing Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so they're actually playing off of that. You know, I'll watch this for that. Jeff Gordon and the other fella. I don't know the other fella. It's just, yeah, they just... Uh, Okay. Uh, And I got to say this, and we got to move on. We got to track this thing. I. I looked up because I wanted to make sure that the Daytona 500 is coming up on Sunday. And then the next question, when I Googled it, it says, people also ask, and the first question, this is literally the first question. You could Google it, check it for yourself. People also ask, do NASCAR drivers (laughs) wear diapers? I cannot make this up. I, that's that's the next question. I, I looked up Daytona 500. The next question that Google thought and that people ask a lot, do NASCAR drivers wear diapers? And that's why NASCAR does not get that much coverage on the Sports Bros podcast. Yes, sir. Amen. Amtrak. <laughs> Fellas, I got a question to ask you. What's that, Eddie Cole? Guess what, uh, time, what time it is. is it? it is time for our favorite segment of the show. And with that being said, hey, old button, hit it. And now our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite section of the show. You heard the woman, the choices of the voices. Going back through the catalog, it used to be called listener interaction. Nah, we had to make this a very cool (laughs) section of the show, and it's called the choices of the voices. Thank you to Button once again. And with that being said, Scotty D, what's the question for this week's choices of the voices? All right, so this week we were talking about which team that won their respective championship game or series in any sport did you find to be the most surprising? There are several, several instances out there, and and I was looking at some of our answers, Eddie, and there was a lot that came out that I was 
not even thinking of. So our, our listeners came through this week because there were some really good answers. Yeah, because there was a few. I was like, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I very forgot, much so. I forgot about that. Or I remember that. Or damn, that did happen. Some great ones. Yes, gentlemen. No lie, no doubt. No lies detected. Some great ones. We're going to lead off with terrible Pete Tulaski. And he said, well, there is the best example. The New York Giants beating the undefeated Patriots had to be the most surprising. That was yeah. That definitely was surprising. Eighteen and zero, mm-hmm. wasn't that? Wasn't that also? That was Tom Brady, um, Randy Moss, correct? Yep. yep. Yeah, Jesus, yeah. And and wasn't the Giants a wild card team also? I believe yep. they were. Yeah. Heavy underdogs. So, as much as that was uh, on my homer pick, it was very, very surprising to see them win, especially with the revenge factor on top of that. That. They, you you kept right now, yeah. Dude. Right now they would they would have Tom Brady would have nine nine right now if it yep. wasn't for the Giants. So yeah, they they were like all season long that year the Patriots were like seventeen eighteen nineteen point favorites. I mean it was like unheard of point spreads. That's how good that team was rolling that year. So that was definitely a good good example there. Terrible Pete. Uh, they smoked them, man. They were they were smoking everybody. And then I remember I think they caught Michael Strahan in the locker room eating a hot dog. He said, "You know what? Look a man in the eye before you kill him or make something up." And I was like, "Oh, mm. oh, Ugh. I don't know if that set the tone that day, uh, you know, for 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 the rest of the season." But um, you know, years later I still remember that. Yeah, look a man in the eye before you kill him or make something up. Whew. Yeah. Uh, Mike Strahan, everybody, Hall of Famer. Craig Burns, he said the Marlins over the Yankees in the 2003 World Series. Yeah, you know that that's a that's one of those ones I had had not even crossed my mind. But that Yankee team was really really good, and the Marlins I thought were just going to be kind of a pushover going into that series. I didn't really know much about Josh Beckett. He just went out there and just he became a household name pretty much after that. So that was. Yeah, yeah, good one for that. A sad day for you know that's a sad one for me because I you know I pull for the Yanks, but yeah, I was not expecting the Marlins to win either time that they won the World Series. Yeah, I mean that was my uh, Miami Marlins. Now um, had been in the league a whopping ten seasons. Mm-hmm. You and you just and just story Yankee franchise and all and the amount of money that the Steinbrenners paid everybody and pull and just yeah there there's no way that this little upstart Miami um Florida Marlins team is gonna um beat the juggernaut that is the New York Yankees. But um I was I was surprised and just it it made my it, it gave my heart full of joy. Okay. I was very all right, cool. Um, yes, sir. Jug, 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 jab, jab, jab. All right, so we got Rodney. Rodney Bellamy, he said, gotta be, <laughs> I love this one, gotta be happy Gilmore coming off the streets to win <laughs> the tour championship. Damn right. And after watching an NC State documentary recently, um, I'll throw Jimmy V versus North Carolina State Wolfpack out there. No way they had any business winning a national championship, but they pulled it off. Survived and advanced. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, that was the five slam of Jimmy Houston team that they beat, and I believe. And that was the, mm-hmm. the, the famous shot of Jimmy V running around the court looking for somebody to hug after the 
the lob pass miss shot whatever was uh was tossed in at the buzzer yeah, that was a good one that was a good 30 for 32 man good 30 for 32 Trey Dizzle he says how about the US hockey team winning in 1980 um if that doesn't count then the 2008 Giants run to beat the undefeated New England Patriots <laughs> um, defecates, and he didn't say defecate, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, uh, defecates on all other major sports Cinderella underdog stories. So that's two for the Patriots. Yeah, and, Giants. and he and he's talking about the U.S. Uh, gold medal team of 1980 and against Russia. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. it was actually yeah they were the Soviet Union at the time, but. The yeah. Soviet Union was such a major favorite, but that was actually not in the in the gold medal game. So that one kind of I, I almost equate that one in another answer. That I think Jr. gives us later when I was thinking of uh, the UNLV team of 1991 going for the repeat and they lost to Duke in the semifinal. Uh, you know, Duke would go on to win the championship. I was more surprised by that semifinal result than the final. Once Duke got by UNLV, I was not surprised they beat Kansas. Same here. I, I, I can't, you know, honestly tell you that I remember a lot about that. I remember when that, that hockey game was on, my dad watching it, and I was very young, and I don't remember really a whole lot about it other than there was a, a lot of excitement and talk on TV about them upsetting the United States, upsetting the Soviet Union. But then they would have to go on to beat Finland to win the gold medal, which they did. What was the um? What was Russia's nickname? The Central Red Army or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, the good old Central Red Army. I had a few hockey cards, and I had some uh, players from the Central Red Army. Hey, man, those Russians are tough when it comes to hockey, man. They <laughs> they are tough. T U F F. Um, and I just want to throw out there, um, and Trey Dizzle that um undefeated season for the Patriots and that Super Bowl is the 2012 Super Bowl. 2008 was the first time that they beat him, and that was the um David Tyree um was I think that was the David Tyree helmet catch. Which, which, yeah, that was the first one. Oh wait, the first yeah. Oh yeah. eight was the helmet catch. Um, 2012 was the stopping the undefeated season. Yeah. But yes, um, the the nineteen eighty um, U.S. hockey team. I, yeah, again, it wasn't it wasn't the gold medal, but it was just bigger than anything. So, um, you, do we allow it? Yeah, sure. It's their it's their it's their. This is their section of the show for them. I will yeah, we'll allow it. I got a bone to pick with the next answer. Carry on, Eddie. Cool. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Here, here we oh, go. Here we go. We we picking picking balls. <laughs> All right, here we go. Matty Ice. He said it's got to be the 2004 Boston Red Sox comeback after being down three games to the New York Yankees. And then he said Pete Talansky should remember that the next two sudden death games went into extra innings, and the Sox never lost a game after that, sweeping the Cardinals and breaking the curse. Oh, but hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I'm I'm gonna step in because I wanted I wanted the I wanted to simmer just a little bit longer, and I'm uh, first of all this might this might be a penalty box answer because there's no sudden death in baseball. Um, also, this, <laughs> wasn't, <laughs> this, this also wasn't the World Series, which would, this is what we were talking about. Um, but also. It, Come, coming down from three games, it's a pretty big game. It was a championship game. It was the AL championship series. So, um, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. 
But um, but um, Scott, Scotty D, go ahead, go ahead and say what you. Well, that you 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 kind of chimed in on what I was what I was getting at, and that is that it was not in the in, in the World Series that they were. I mean, we knew they were going to beat the Cardinals in the World Series. They swept them. Now I understand what he's saying. They were down three to nothing, and that was surprising that they came back. But that Red Sox team in two thousand four, yeah, man, listen to the guys that they had on that team. They had Euclid. It was barely playing then. That he couldn't get into the lineup every day. You... Kevin Euclid could barely crack the lineup. They had Johnny Damon, Manny Ramirez, Gabe Kapler was in the outfield. They had Kurt Schilling on the mound. They had Big Poppy is was in the lineup. They had Pedro on the mound. Wakefield was on the mound. They're five starters, all won 10 games. That should not be a surprise. That should be a given. And that year they were 11 and 8 against the Yankees in the regular season. The Yanks had a hard time matching up with Boston that year. That shouldn't be a surprise, Matty. I say they should never been down three to nothing. You should be embarrassed of that. You should be embarrassed <laughs> they were down three to nothing to the Yankees. They should have swept the Yankees and then swept the Cardinals. And they allowed themselves to be down three to nothing. You should be you should be ashamed of that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Scotty D got digress, ladies and gentlemen. Hashtag money man rant. I got a little bit more for you later, Matty Ice. So don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. All right, next answer. Oh boy, put on two seatbelts. <laughs> be live. Won't we? Won't we? Uh, watch this game in beat ups, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, which um, which game are you talking about? The um, Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. Well, 2004. It's a strong possibility. That sounds uh, about yes. That sounds uh, about where I was at in that time frame. I mean, strong possibility. I, you may have been a little under the weather that night. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, uh, under the under the influence. Under the weather. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> we. Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't the only one. I was. I was under. <laughs> I was under. But you know what? That's either here nor there. Back to episode ninety five of the Sports Bros podcast. Not the personal uh, adventures of Rick Flair and Arn Anderson. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Hell, if we if I wasn't twenty six years old, I did kill me. All right, so here we go. <laughs> Uh, Hall of Famer Uncle Max he says I like this one I like this one I almost forgot about it I like this one he says how about Coastal Carolina winning the College World Series in 2016 against a heavily favored Arizona Wildcats team in the College World Woo! Series yeah yes yeah that, that was a good one we yes. all like that answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. What, what more can you say about that World Series? I remember exactly where I was at. I was in Fayetteville, North Carolina, at Applebee's, a brand new Applebee's on Ramsey Street. We had big, like I want to say this TV was like 70, 80 inches. I mean, huge freaking TV on our um, not not as big as overtime. It's so hard <laughs> to say. Oh, anyway, anyway, I digress. But the fact of the matter, I was like, I, I still couldn't believe that Coastal Carolina, out of little bitty old Conway, South Carolina, has made it all the way to the College World Series. Now, get no, get it, no, do not get it twisted. Coastal Carolina has always had a great baseball program mm -hmm. it's one of those things just to be at that like when you think of colleges in south carolina you think of clemson university Already did that, college of charleston yes sir yep college of charleston charleston southern you even think about south carolina state Furman, 
Um, but you really don't think <laughs> the Gamecocks, maybe? Yeah. I knew you were. You think about them. them. <laughs> you, you think about them. Um, two of them things, back to back, College World Series champions. Now keep on going. I had to get you together there for a second. Thought I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I'm looking at stuff. I can multitask. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. Cockle doodle, damn do. <laughs> but you, um, Coastal Carolina on the big stage. But then they were going against, as um Uncle Matt some alluded to, heavily favored Arizona. Just it, it was. I was like, well, I'm of course I'm a root for the home team, and man, we got a chance. They've been playing really well. And but man, just those just the way it went down, and I was like, man, I wish I was back home. God, Coastal Carolina has been doing their program baseball, football, all across the board. They've been doing some things this past decade. I ain't mad at them at all. Teal Nations, Shauna Clear, stand up, yes, sir. Yep, see, see, but I, I knew, I knew you would just. Cheer for a chicken eventually for once in your life. Oh, don't do that. Don't Got do mm-mm, Don't do ah! Got your ass. All right. Mm. We'll right on. <laughs> Damn. You, you dirty. <laughs> Boy, I can't wait till you edit and put the graphics up to this one. Yeah, I can't wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> Go ahead and use that picture from the uh from Buffalo Wild Wings where you was flexing with you, where he's doing the dab with the Clemson shirt, and I'm doing my stank face with the uh <laughs> classic, classic, classic. Uh, classic. Uncle Max, that's a great one. That is a great one. That was a hell of a team, man. Yeah, they went 55 and 18. If I'm not, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yes, they went 55 and 18 that year. Good team, good team, good team. Moving right along, we got Corey Loughran. He said the 1979 World Series win by the Pittsburgh Pirates with the comeback from th- down three games to one. Got a lot of three, three one themes going on. Yeah, here. that was. Uh... One of my earliest childhood sports memories was the Pirates coming back to win that. Having to win game six and seven, both on the road. They've won their the last two games in Baltimore. Willie Starge will hitting the deciding home run in game seven. We are family with Pops, Willie Stargell. Yep, the family, the whole family. All right, the coolest name in the game, JoJo Comfort. He said the year was 1985. When Raleigh Massimino's upstart eighth-seeded Villanova Wildcats upset the late John Thompson's heavily favored number one-seeded Georgetown Hoyas in the NCAA Finals. And then he also said, I consider this to be the quintessential example of the whole <laughs> being greater than the sum of its parts. Quintessential. Yeah, way to work <laughs> in a nice, smooth sentence there, JoJo Comfort. But a good hymns Edge McCain. Yeah, but <laughs> a, an excellent call on that one. I, that was one of the pictures I used on Facebook when we posted this picture was Villanova upsetting the heavily favored team of Georgetown led by Patrick Ewing. Yep. Yep, led by Patrick Ewing. That was a loaded team. Good old, um, what's that? Good old Big East. That's that's when the Big East was the Big East. That was a premier conference, man. Basketball. Roddy Bradley Piper. Yeah, I know I gave him a bad nickname, but so what? <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a better one as time progresses along. Uh, Bradley Piper. He said Terry Bradshaw versus Roger Staubach in Super Bowls ten and Super Bowls thirteen, and he he got specific with it. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I I saw what he did here. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, we're asking for upset, and Brad, that doesn't mean that when my team loses, I'm upset. 
Steelers were good. It wasn't, there was no surprise there. He's just trying to take a dig at me. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when the Super Bowl was played in January. Um, yeah. He doesn't understand. <laughs> Next. Yeah. In the 76. <laughs> What's the barber say? <laughs> Next. Moving right along. Uh, moving right along. Uh, Bradley Piper, you officially struck in the nerve of Scotty <laughs> D. And he, and he ain't done yet. So uh, we're not about to burn that good good material on uh, this uh, foolishness and chicanery. Uh, Joey Buckets, swish. Joe Gaffigan, he said LeBron and the Cavs against the Warriors. Uh, down 3-1 to a team who literally had nine losses all year. Uh, not sure any NBA team would have come back from a 3-1 deficit in the finals at that point, and the Cavs won game seven at the Oracle. Oh, yeah. Very, very surprised. That, that's a great, that's a great, that's another one I hadn't even thought about right under my nose there but um forget about it just being on the road and forget about three to one when that series started i didn't think that the Cavs had a chance of winning that one they had a snowball chance of I, hell, yeah right? i mean the, the the warriors were just too good that was even pre-kd For, mm-hmm. yeah that was but it seven seventy three and nine yeah the the, the winning is NBA regular season of all time. And they were clicking on all cylinders. And LeBron said, um, nah, nah, nah. We, you, you count me out. Cleveland! This is for you! This place was yeah. nuts. This <laughs> I, place was, I, was, I wasn't even up here. And um, Mercedes told me at the time, it's crazy. They, they shut down like I-90 because it was that damn nuts. Like going into the city, that damn crazy. Two million people all at once. Oh my god, I should have called off work that day. <laughs> that was yeah, yeah. I don't like it because, but LeBron, they they keep comparing him to Jordan as the goat. Nah, but we're not going to talk about it. This is just Amtrak. Good, 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 good answer. Good answer. Yeah, this, all right. <laughs> good, good, good answer. I hear some salt and grinding on the rails of the train, but we'll keep going. Uh, JR, he said 1991 Duke versus UNLV en route to winning the national title. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about earlier. I, I understand the, the answer, but it's incorrect, JR. Sorry. <laughs> Just because it wasn't the, wasn't the championship. But I, I understand what he's getting at there. You, you, got, you, got, to, you got to come correct when you come on this. <laughs> yep. All right. So here we go. Actually, in a reply to Joe Gaffigan's um comment, uh, this was said. LeBron. Oh here we go. He yeah. He got he he, he he. You know he good for a paragraph. Um, he said LeBron dominated that series and was almost a triple double, if not almost yeah triple double, if not a triple double. Um, one more time, trade Dizzle. You got me jacked up over here. But uh, this submitted him as the GOAT in my eyes. Jordan's team were stacked, and he never won versus a better opponent in the finals. Every team they played was weaker overall. Jordan lost every playoff series he was ever in uh, where the other team was favored to beat him. Hold on. Let's, 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 you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going uh, to allow this anymore. I'm so sick of what it, does that look, even it, mean? It, it means nothing. Uh, uh, I'm trying to hold you back. I'm, I'm physically holding you back right now. <laughs> what? Like, 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 you, 
Every team was weaker because Michael Jordan was on the winning team. What do you mean? Like, LeBron James won. This is the one. This is the one I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him this one because he played a better team. This is the one. The other t- other championships he's got, he clearly was the better team. Him, freaking, what, D-Wade and Chris Bosh, That those two right there. Yeah. Ray Allen, come on, bro. I am not trying to hear that. Jordan's teams were not stacked. You had Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. And at best, you throw in Dennis Rodman. And name, name somebody else on that team that. Uh, and the that Stockton went Malone teams fame. were pretty good, and they beat them in six both times. Come on, bro. Yeah. I, ain't got, I am not trying to hear that argument no more. See, I, I was going to let that goat talk, but you see, Eddie Coons, you, you did it to me. I'm just, oh my goodness. Yes, this one that didn't solidify nothing. Nathaniel, Nathan, Zilch, nah, that solidified nothing. That was great. That will put him up there as one of the greats of all time. One of the greats of all time. That did not make him the greatest of all time. Because AFD was the greatest of all time. He wouldn't have needed super teams. And eh, I'm taking my talents to Sutton. You know what? <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it. Oh boy. Well, well, right. I'm, I'm... Welcome to the Sports Bulls <laughs> Podcast, where every once in a while you just might get a rant. Episode 95. Be live and Scotty D goes off. Will we get the trifecta? Oh hell, we just might. You <laughs> never know. So a big shout out to Terrible Pete, Craig Burns. Rodney, Trey Dizzle, Matty Ice, the Hall of Famer himself, Uncle Max, Corey Logren, the best game, best name in the game, Jojo Comfort, Bradley Piper, and Joy Buggins, Joe Gaffigan for their contribution to this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, what was your answer? All right, I, I went between two. I, I was um, a little bit torn. The 2004 Detroit Pistons beating Shaq and Kobe and Carl Malone and that that whole team, that Pistons team of 2004, they had Chauncey Billups and Hamilton and Wallace and Wallace. Just when I look back at great teams, that's not one I rank up there. They there was disarray with the Lakers. Carl Malone was on the Lakers that year and he got hurt, didn't play in the finals. Shaq was in foul trouble. Anyway, that shouldn't have happened. But um, the the one that to me was a was a huge surprise was the 1988 World Series where the Oakland A's went down in five games to the Dodgers and that a- Oakland A's team they went to the World Series three straight years and they only won one of the three and that team had had dynasty written all over it you had Canseco McGuire you had Dave Henderson Dave Stewart was pitching for that team and he was unstoppable they had Bob Welch as their number two starter. They had Dennis Eckersley in the pen. And the Dodgers' best player, Kirk Gibson, was hurt. Yet he comes off the bench and hits the you know the classic home run that we've seen a thousand times to win game one. McGuire and Canseco each hit one home run in five games and didn't have another hit between them. Each one had one hit, a home run apiece, and that was it. And Oral Hershiser just shut down that Oakland A's lineup. And I was stunned. I couldn't believe it because the, that Dodgers team, if you even go back and look at that lineup from 1988, it wasn't like the most impressive lineup. It's not like chock full of Hall of Famers and great players, whereas the A's team was. And that was a huge surprise to me. So I'm going with the 88 Dodgers. Tommy Lasorda's last World Series. 
B Live, what say you? Well, well, I, I did a little bit. I did a little bit of digging because um, Uncle Max stole my answer. I, I was really heavily leaning towards Coastal Carolina, but I, you know, so I want to bring some freshness. I want to bring something, something that um, the voices didn't say, which I think was quite the um, quite the story. Um, the 2013-14 college basketball um, March Madness championship game was against a number seven ranked Connecticut and a number eight ranked Kentucky. Now, the significance of that is, is that Connecticut for the longest time has always been known as a women's college basketball school. Mm-hmm. Sounds like another team, another team um, in the state of South Carolina, but I digress. The University Can't of South Carolina Gamecocks. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> every, I'm going to get you every time. <laughs> And then Kentucky is one of the blue bloods. When you think of college basketball, there's five schools that you think about. There's Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA. So to have Kentucky A to start as the number eight seed, I believe that was the beginning times of the one and done John Calipari era. So they they were they had a young upstart team, but they just loaded with talent. I think they had six five-star recruits on their team. And just going into that, you just thought, okay, hmm, who's gonna do who's gonna do what? And I just I just really thought that Connecticut ended up solidifying themselves when they beat Florida in the um semifinal. But for them to make it all the way through and through to win it all as a number seven seed. I just think the entire body of work makes them one of the most surprising championship teams of all time. Mm-hmm. So, so UConn was that was that, was that a um a Kimball Walker team? Yep. So yeah, and that that put him on the D map. So no, I, he, I don't shout think out to the Husky. This, Shabazz Napier was their was, was their go to guy. Ah yes, yes, yes mm-hmm. I see that now. Was Kemba that, was a couple uh, years was, before um, that, I'm pretty sure, because uh, Kevin Ollie was coaching that team. And I think I think when Kemba was there, Calhoun was still was still his coach, and I think that would may have been like 2008 somewhere in there. Okay, mm. Kemba was a killer. He was a butcher knife killer. Either ways. well, Shabazz Napier was oh, yeah. also he was that dude. Mm. Uh, yeah, he was he was that dude, and so. Well, well deserved, and just like I said, the the, the seedings and the rankings, seven, eight seed. First of all, you don't see that. I believe at the time that was like if you add the two seeds in the national championship game, I, I think, think that so, was the yeah. highest of all time. So, and just to get just to make it that far, and 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 that the, um, when they beat Florida, that was a, that was the one that was a shocker to me because that Florida team that year was. Of course, they were number one seed. I believe, I believe they might have been number one overall that year. Uh, you know, again, I'm not an expert; I'm just a fan. But that was definitely that that year. That um, national championship definitely stood out to me as well. All right, so that leaves me. Uh, the answer's been somebody said the answer already, but uh, I'm going to have to roll with the Dallas Mavericks defeating the Miami Heat in the in the 2011 NBA Finals. Fellas, think about it. LeBron, he's down in South Beach making noise. We're going to win not one, not two, not three, yep. but you get the rest, right? 
And so that uh, Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki was the all-time stalwart in the history of the Mavericks program uh, and the Mavericks franchise. He was the man in Dallas. You know, it's been like what thirty-seven years there as a member of the Dallas Mavericks. The only, had an MVP. The only thing that eluded him was an MB trip to the finals and a win and a ring, if you will, um, to the NBA finals. And that year, they beat the Miami Heat. 4-2 to win the series and get the franchise's first ever and only NBA championship. Because I'm a, I'm I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm 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 seasoned. My bad. Okay. And uh I was thinking, I was like, wow, uh, I don't know, because the heat struggle coming out the gate. They did. Um just trying to make sure this just, just just the chemistry of the team, everything was crazy, wild, nuts, but the heat finally hit their stride. And then the Western Conference was the Western Conference. Yeah, the Western Conference was, was good the Western back then, Conference. Yeah. You know, I think what every yes, yeah, I, I think I think like every team is in the Western Conference, and I'm looking at it now. Like one through eight is uh, very close. I think like the eighth seed and the one seed were only a few games apart. It wasn't. It was. It was a. I, I think that was the year that was crazy. But they were all bunched in there together. Yeah, everybody was good. I mean, you had Memphis getting in at 40, uh, the playoffs. You had Memphis getting in at 46 and 36 at the eight spot. The um, the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans, um, they, you know, they they both had the seven and eight spots with their records. Then you had the Trailblazers at 48 and 34. The Nuggets at 50 and 32 for the five spot. The Thunder at 55, 27 for the four spot. The Mavericks were a third seed, 57 to 25. The Lakers were 57 to 25, and the San Antonio Spurs were head and shoulders tops of the conference at 61 and 21. So they just beat up everybody. And that that, that they beat up everybody, but for, but they couldn't topple the dog on Dallas Mavericks. They wanted more, and they ran into the Miami Heat, who who had the two spot in their conference as well, too. And um the rest, as they say, is history. Dirk finally gets his ring, rise off into the sunset. But guess what? We didn't hear the end of the Miami Heat as they came back and won a couple championships after that. But, uh, yeah, I would pick the Dallas Mavericks winning the finals. And also, we mentioned earlier, um, Cleveland might get mad at me. The year the Marlins defeated the Cleveland Indians in the Mm. World Series. Classic case of, yep, classic case of putting the team together and you had an all, man, you had a, man, the ninth that that year, I forgot which year it was, but that team of the ninety seven that was loaded. an incredibly loaded team. Yeah, it was loaded. I mean, you know, yeah, they're gonna win the pennant, they're gonna win the World Series, and then Edgar yeah. Renneria, Levon Hernandez, and the crew. They was like, well, we got other, you know, we think otherwise. And then the unexpected happened. The Marlins won that series, and the Indians haven't been the same since. So, yep, we got the Marlins yep. of ninety seven, right, Scotty D. You got the 97 Marlins win it all and the 2011 Dallas Mavericks winning it all as well. Well done. Good call. That was was very good. And the part that I do apologize for interrupting on, the Mavericks versus the Miami Heat, that's the reason LeBron (laughs) will never be the GOAT. He had a loaded team. Hey, Jason Terry was good. J.J. Barea, he was good. But see, see, I, the, the, exactly, exactly, exactly. Dirk, Dirk was, Dirk was good too. 
Well, the Dirk, Dirk is that yeah. dude. Now, Dirk is that dude. He's Hall of Fame. There ain't no doubt about that. Dirk Nowitzki is definitely Hall of Fame. But the rest of that squad, mm-hmm. and you got you got the <laughs> oh boy, just just you, <laughs> we gonna we gonna keep it moving. Eddie Cool Amtrak, yeah, great great games, yeah, great. Sean Sean Marion, Deshaun Stevens, uh, away past his prime. Page Stoyakovich, that's Jr.'s boy. Uh, Tyson Chandler, Brian Cardinal, <laughs> fellas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now, 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 exactly. Yeah, I ain't got to say nothing else. Brendan Haywood, nothing else has to be. Okay, I'm done. Nothing else has to be said. So, um, yeah, so that's what we got for the choices of the voices. And once again, thank you for your participation in this week's choices of the voices. Scotty, D, all right, as we mentioned, week. we are a long way. From next football season. So as you look forward to 2021, we ask you, what would you like to see the NFL do to improve for the 2021 season? Now, you can be creative on this. You can talk about rules changes if you want. You can say, well, it might be cool if the players had swords and they were allowed to use swords out there on the field. What, whatever whatever you think the NFL could do to improve their product in 2021, that's your question for the week. It would be funny if they had swords, wouldn't it? Lays it. No helmets? No helmets if they choose? Power, power yes. Rangers and Thundercat swords, I guess. <laughs> Oh, you just had a year for buy-in. <laughs> Tune in to next week's edition of the Choices of the Voices where we somehow, some way, suspend our disbelief. Because I don't know what the hell just happened. Be live when you edit this, keep all this, and don't take that name of it out. <laughs> oh my god it was just <laughs> Scotty D was doing his thing <laughs> what the hell <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he wasn't ready he wasn't ready and I was, and I was real subtle with it too I was like what the I'm hell? over here looking at alright Pepper I'm gonna do this do this and swords and laser what the hell <laughs> you gonna do what <laughs> You were listening. Oh my the god. Sword, it was a sword for me. It was a sword for me. <laughs> oh you were listening. <laughs> oh oh sh oh, you said sword. The hell <laughs> it's gonna be real life dungeons and dragons. Literally. <laughs> oh, Boy. We'll see. It'll be Revenge of the Nerds 2022. <laughs> what the hell we got going on here? Oh, boy. You almost took me out. These right guys now. haven't seen a razor and a girl in 20 years. What the hell's going on? <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> okay, boys. Let's bring it home with a round of pepper. Well, you heard the woman. We're going to take it on home with another round of pepper. You know how we do it. Three topics. And we talk about it. We entertain, enlighten, we ramble. But guess what? There's three topics, and we're going to talk about it. And I'll go first. We're going to play the number games, fellas. 497. Can anybody ask me what's the importance of 497? What's the importance of 497, Eddie? Cool. 
Oh, Scotty D, I'm so glad you asked. As B-Live alluded to earlier about Patrick Mahomes running backwards and looking like Dorothy Hamilton skates, that is the number of total yards Patrick Mahomes ran to avoid the vaunted Bucks defense. 497 yards every which way from pillar to post, from the window to the wall. Patty was running them all. Routes, he ran routes for me, you, your mama, and your cousin, too. The boy was scrambling. Tampa Bay wins 31 tonight. <laughs> That's scrambling for your ass. Scrambling like, <laughs> scrambling like eggs in a hot ass pan. Over all right, so, Matty Ice, pay attention to this, please. This is oh, <laughs> also Patriots fans. <laughs> Patriots fans, y'all had an incredible run. But Tom Brady doesn't play for you anymore. Your team did not win the Super Bowl oh. Sunday. So don't act like you're all happy and cocky because Brady won another one. It's not your trophy. It's Tampa's. You know, you had him. You don't have him. You had him. You had Belichick. Now you have Belichick. Simon left. You have Garfunkel. So don't act like this is your big trophy anymore. Patriots fans, the run is over. Congratulations, Tampa Bay. Be live. Over to you. Wow. You got Garfunkel. You got Garfunkel. He, he, he's, he's, Scotty D said at the beginning of this show that he was coming there. Yeah. Boy, I did not put on my other mitts because I just got, I just got burning. I'm not even a Patriot. All my eyebrows are singed and my nose hairs. Everything gone. Naked face. All right, all right, let me let me let me try let me try my, my first pepper point. I'm I'm gonna try to bring it. I'm gonna try to bring it. But um all right. One of one of my one of my favorites hash um hashtags or one of my favorite phrases, all roles lead to dabble. And that's how much I bleed orange. You you hear it through and through ninety-five episodes deep. I love my Clemson Tigers. And I love when they go on to the NFL and um, start building a career. But what you're not going to do is what you ain't, what you ain't going to do. I, I'm going to get real ignorant real quick. <laughs> what you ain't going to do is go out there and act the donkey like you don't know how to play football. Bashar Breeland, I'm on your ass. What, what were you doing? At all yesterday, that we're recording on Monday. Sorry about that. What were you doing? Do you could you couldn't cover you couldn't cover a paper bag blowing in? The oh street. wow! You couldn't you couldn't. Oh my good! What what else could he not cover? Be laughed. Oh my lord! I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna bring it back because I'm gonna be real incoherent real quick because this dude right here, I'm over here like every which way. I kept seeing number twenty one Breland for Kansas City. If it wasn't a penalty, it was getting his ankles broke. And I mean, just go. Oh, what what just you just getting burnt and just go, oh, boy. Um, I'm gonna need you to um hashtag do better. I even made a meme where you became the newest edition of the Sports Bros victim. Yes, I finally found a stencil. I lost the stencil. I had it saved somewhere. I lost it, found it again. So there was a couple of victims. First victim, first Sports Bros victim of 2021, Bashan Breland, do better. 
Eddie Cool, the ball. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about the next victim later. Not this paper point, but number two uh, on this day in history in 2006, Al Michaels joins the NBC Sunday Night Football broadcast team with boom, tough action tonight, John Madden himself. Uh, the dynamic duo is reunited once again. Uh, before that, Al Michaels was the voice of Monday Night Football on ABC forever. I forgot the amount of years, but he was on there forever. And uh, John Madden was also with Pat Summerall on um, the NFL on Fox for since his inception back in 1994. Um, Al Michaels joined on August 2006. A uh, reason that date is so important because that is the second and current run of the NFL on the NBC. On NBC, the first run was back in like 1939 before they had color TVs, and ended right in 1998. And um, yeah, Al Michaels. Guess what he's going to be doing next year at this time? A few days from yesterday, he's going to be lead commentary for Super Bowl Fifty Six with. See, here's a guy himself, Chris Collinsworth. Shout out to Al Michaels and keep on doing what you do. Over to you, Scotty. See, D. it's okay to be happy for Brady, but he's not your guy. He's not your guy anymore. <laughs> Let's let it go. All right. So Saturday, I tuned in to the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which is held in Phoenix. And at top of the leaderboard was Jordan Speed. He was tied with, Jan- with uh, Xander Schauffele. And I'm thinking, wow, this could be the comeback story. I mean, guys, four or five years ago, we thought Jordan Spieth was going to just start setting records for majors. He's going to win all the time. And he has not been very good the past couple of years. So I'm thinking, as I'm watching Saturday, this could be a golfer comeback story of the year. And on Sunday, the comeback began for Brooks Kepka. Kepka was injured last year. He had a bad back, back bad knee, bad attitude. And he said... With the fans coming back, he's rejuvenated. He's physically feeling better, and dude just made a charge from back of the pack, and Brooks Kepka is the man to watch out for in 2021. Be live over to you. The Bomber is back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Earlier in the episode, um, we, were talk- we talked a little um, college basketball, and you heard me mention about the Blue Bloods, the staples of college basketball, and I named five teams, and I will name those teams again in the likes of Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA. And I will continue to mention UCLA, even though they haven't done much in the modern era of college basketball, but just them in the the, the decade of the 60s, they're that's a staple to college basketball. And for anybody to not include that program is criminal. With that being said, though, 2021, the 2020 to 2021 season has been detrimental to the college blue bloods and um, um, college men's basketball. And it is now official that all five of the college blue bloods that I mentioned, none of them are ranked Mm -hmm. with Kansas, the Jayhawks now falling out of the top 25. I don't know what to tell you. Um, 
as it even sits, I've th- Kansas right now still will probably be in the um in the dance. North Carolina looks like they're and they're going to be the last four in. But as it sits right now, Duke and Kentucky are not even going to wow. make the tourney. What is what what, what what is going on in <laughs> in the oh, world today. today? Yo, Eddie Cool, the ball. Uh, the college football. I mean, I'm sorry, the college basketball tournament. Correction. It's going to look real different this year because for generations, we are used to seeing UCLA, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, all of them. Now we might not see any of them. It's going to be like watching the Avengers with no enemies. Yeah. Man, what's the purpose? (laughs) Bring all good guys. We don't know what (laughs) happened at this point. Yeah. Mm. Hey, let's get along. Let's cook dinner. Uh, Ain't nobody going to push somebody in the mouth or talk about nobody's mom or kick them in the groins. Ugh. All right, and speaking of kicking in the groins, um, I'm going to try my best not to um, not to really um, beat this dude up from a third and final pepper point, but um, B-Live can relate to this one. And Scotty D, you just come, come along for the ride. It's going to be good. As I mentioned earlier, um, Eric Fisher, uh, Mitchell Schwartz, and Dr. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, all three were unavailable for Super Bowl 55. Uh, these men are important because they protect that half a million dollar investment under center known as Patrick Mahomes. The first pepper point, 497 yards, equate to the number of yards that Patrick Mahomes ran trying to avoid the Bucks' defense. And towards the end of the game, JPP and them cut his ass in half. Which leads me to my third and final pepper point of this episode. There's a gentleman by the name of Mike Who? Remmers. Mike Remmers. Mike Remmers. Yes, Mike Remmers, okay? 31 years old from Portland, Oregon, all this stuff, blah, 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 yakety smackety. Um, he went undrafted in 2012. Um, Mike Remmers was good enough to get at least get signed and make some nice money. But then he hit a little schneid as a member of the Carolina Panthers. Infamously for getting manhandled and abused by Von Miller en route to the Broncos winning Super Bowl 50. Fast forward a handful of years later. Look at here, look at here. We got to deal with Mike Rimmers all over again. As soon as I saw him on my TV, say it said Mike Rimmers, it's over with. It's over with. You want to know why? Because deja vu all over again for the six foot five, three hundred and eight pound offensive tackle who signed a one year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. They beat this man ass from the window to the wall. Everything fell. It was bad. Sometimes they say history repeats itself. But in Mike Rimmer's case, it's a dream that never ends. It's been a nightmare. Now, when he was with the Vikings in 2017, he signed a five-year, $30 million contract with the Vikings. But he dealt with getting hurt in concussions and everything. That was after he left Carolina. So you mean to tell me this dude who got his ass whipped in the Super Bowl by Von Miller 
is worth that much money. But I understand in the age of COVID, people don't want to play. You got to do what you got to do to, to plug holes and make things happen. But Mike Remmers, man, you, sir, are the second victim <laughs> of the Sports Bros podcast <laughs> in 2021. You and Brashard, I'm on skates, Breland. Oh, man. You too. We should throw you the penalty box for poor performance. What the <laughs> hell? Mike, oh. Mike Rimmers is the gift. He ain't the gift that keeps on getting. He ain't never gave nothing. I'm down, boy. Ooh, I'm sorry. Mike, I'm sorry. Mike Rimmers is the nightmare that never ends. <laughs> the <sighs> nightmare that never ends. He got his ass. You want some two old man? He, been get, he got his ass whooped the whole entire game. Once again, Tampa Bay 31, Kansas City 9. Kansas City. I hope you get your boys back. Because if you got Mike Rimmers there again, you're going to be the drizzling. <laughs> you're going to run it down the leg. Rimmers should be third string in this career. In his career. Well, uh, but this is now uh, Mike Rimmers' eighth NFL team in nine years. In the yeah. League. If, that, if that doesn't say anything. Um, and just this little thing from Wikipedia, where there's a probably just a little opinion piece, but it's pretty pretty good. Um, mentioning his first stint in the Super Bowl, Rimmers had the worst professional game of his career in the Super Bowl, as he was primarily matched up against the eventual game MVP Von Miller, allowing multiple pressures and two sacks, both of which led to fumbles recovered by Denver. Well, now we get to change that because that was his second worst professional game of his career when you've got the heir apparent the baby goat running for 497 yards looking like Dorothy Hamill on skates no wonder he can't do anything get get the ball down the field he's huffing and puffing because he got to run 20 some yards just to get a pass off just uh, Rimmers. Oh my goodness! Please, uh, it, it's not. It's not. I'm not advocating for somebody not to have a job because we all need jobs. But Lord you, knows we need jobs. We all need. But if you're not good at a, a job, I'm sorry. They they do tend to let you go. So sometimes you gotta let it go. But yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. That, that was your pepper. I just had to had to chop up some jalapenos and spice it up. I just I couldn't just. But I'm glad <sighs> you jumped in, Bilal, because I'm I'm as soon as I saw Mike Rivers on the TV screen, I said, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I know I dropped a dump button, but yeah, that, I just I I couldn't. And no, it was not the Snoop Dogg 19 Crimes Red Wine good stuff. That's two checks. As soon as I saw Mike Rimmers, I went to cussing. I said, oh, boy, here we go. It's over with. It's over with. It is over with. Did everybody get their papers in or did I miss anybody? Uh, you got to go around to Scott, and then I'll finish. All right, off. enough about Mike Rimmers. Scott, All right, I was going to uh, give a little bit of a farewell to Leon Spinks, uh, who passed away this past week. He had defeated Muhammad Ali. Then I thought maybe I would talk about Nick Saban's best uh, number one ranked class coming in and how we might repeat next year. What the whoa, me, whoa, whoa. I decided what? not to talk what? about our Crimson Tide repeating or Leon Spinks, but 
Instead, I decided to talk about mother- Drew Pearson going to the Hall of Fame. How about them Cowboys? The last player from the all-70s decade team to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was a travesty that he waited this long, but his wait is finally over. The first great 88, the receiver of the first ever Hail Mary, is now going to Canton, and I, for one, couldn't be any happier for him. And that's all I have to say about that. Be live over to you. Well, I'm I'm be flabbergasted. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, I'm gl- mm-hmm. I'm very glad for Drew Pearson, very much. So mm-hmm. if, if you ever come out with some blasphemous bull out of whoa out of your mouth ever again, that so we have our own hashtag and I allowed it. Roll Tide. But man, you didn't sign it with the oh Roll man. Tide. Wow! Shut up. My nose is running. What's going on? Yeah, but yeah. Um, anyway, um, third and final pepper point. Um, I'm gonna have to bring it down because Scotty D just you just know how to get get to me. In the sports broadcasting world, I won't say we because we're not professionals, but we there are people that we look up to and we enjoy listening to, bringing their analysis of a sport and everything like that. And there are certain people that are that that I would say just household names and we lost a great one um this past week um actually happened during the super bowl and we actually don't have much more information but i would like to take this opportunity to um honor pedro gomez um he's a baseball analyst for espn and he was just he was a household name you just knew when you're about to watch baseball tonight, you were going to hear his expert analysis and his take on the game. And it was definitely something that I looked forward to. I'm pretty sure the guys here look forward mm-hmm. to. And for the find out that he passed away um, unexpectedly. And we, again, we don't have any other information, but it's, uh, it's, it's sudden. It's before his time. And we just, um, Prayers and condolences goes out to his family, and to his um, and to his coworkers and everyone that um that knew him. So, rest in peace, rest in heaven, um, Pedro. Yeah, Gomez. I wasn't expecting you that, man. Be yes, you just think he's going to be around. He's like Peter Gammons and Tim Kirkjian, and you know some of these baseball guys. He just baseball right. players with them, and there they are, and they're they're experts and. Yeah, man, that 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 really sucks. That really sucks. Yeah, man, that does stink. Just like you said, uh, a cornerstone, a mainstay, if you will. You know, you think about that, uh, that four-letter network and the personalities that we see from from uh, John Shambi to Carl Ravitch to um, you know, either I forgot his, he's a new guy, but you know, he's a mainstay as well too. And then you know, to lose Pedro Gomez, especially like. He was only 58, fellas, only 58 years old, and um, it was unexpected. So um, our heart goes out to the Gomez family and his employees and his colleagues. And, uh, yeah, loss is very terrible, very tough. Um, We don't want to end the show on a somber note. Uh, Life goes on, and let's remember the good memories of Pedro Gomez and um, the ones that we lost before us. But with that being said, there's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, action-packed, wild crazy a couple rants we got a duck button so fellas i think yeah, we got man. the sports bros hat trick we what all we all feel better that we got some things off our <laughs> chest this week that's uh, 
Very much so. And then some of that stuff you could have kept in your chest. They'll uh, roll tide. Say it with your chest. Um, so- <laughs> Say it with your chest. God. Yeah. All right, fellas, we finna get up out of here. And uh, that being said, Scotty D, where uh, you can find me on Facebook? Lunch. I'm on there each and every day. You can find me slinging some lunch at Trinity High School. I want to give a shout out to my boy Brian Early, uh, who was my UPS driver this past this past one. He's got to be just roughing it out there in the cold without me. So shout out to him as well. Be live. Um, how about you, buddy? Yeah, where can they find you? Well, they can find me um, on the um, Sports Bros podcast, various um, social media um, outlets. Um, hopefully, hopefully, the, um, our listeners um, are pleased with some of the stuff that the Sports Bros have been cooking up the past couple of weeks. Um, my plan for 2021, more than anything, is to get dedicate more time to this, the Sports Bros podcast. I thoroughly enjoy and love my bros the listeners out there greatly appreciate that and we want to take this to the next level so stay tuned for even uh, stay tuned look at our instagram check us out i need to work on that twitter thing but i'm telling you youtube instagram facebook i'm telling you we're coming with it and we're coming we're we're coming in 2021 hot just like um sky d came into this episode hot that's what we're doing 2021. So stay tuned to our um, various media outlets. Also, any questions, comments, concerns about the show, hit us up um, via email, sportsbrospcast at gmail.com. Any and all input is greatly appreciated, and it helps us to grow um, grow the brand because this is a brand, and we're going hey, to take it to the next level. So... That's where you can find me. And also, you can find me in St. Louis. <laughs> now, you can't find me there, but I just had to do it. Eddie Cool, where can they find they you? They can find me on all of the aforementioned Sports Bros podcasts, social media platforms, that YouTube channel. We got something coming up. Uh, you can also catch the Sports Bros podcast. Damn, they're all over the place on Apple, Spotify. Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. To our Apple listeners, we, re- we we do check the numbers and we realize that a lot of you listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes. Go do us a favor on Apple iTunes Podcast. Leave us a five-star review. I mean, sorry, leave us a five-star rating and give us a review. Just say, because Eddie Cool said so, or hashtag do better, hashtag all Rosie to Dabo, hashtag here comes the dump button. Say something. Just let us know that you are listening to the Sports Bros Podcast, and we'll read them, we'll check them out, we like them, we love them, and we want some more of them. So check us out. We're all over the place, worldwide. Any final remarks or closing words, fellas, before we get up out of here? We're going to be just fine, aren't we? We sure will. Scotty D, you take care because it's cold out there, and uh, don't go outside unless you got to. Be live. You stay safe. We're going to get up out of here. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can do something nice for someone else, they'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Next week, episode 96 on the March to episode 100. And trust me, you do not want to miss that one. Because as they say, seeing is believing. It's been another episode 
of the Sports Bros Roll Podcast. Time. Yes, sir. Thank you.